spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast, and today my guest is Ashley Zimmerman. Ashley lives in Illinois, and she and I have had a nice conversation to get us started, so before I go any further, I would like Ashley to tell us a little bit about herself so you can get to know her better. Ashley, go ahead. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley Zimmerman. I live in northern Illinois, just um, alongside the Mississippi River, right along Iowa, Um, I grew up here. I have a 20 acre farm with horses. I barrel race. I actually have an equestrian degree from Blackhawk College and have rode barrel horses most of my life and rode under horse trainers and worked in the ag industry for most of my life. Um, I'm the youngest of five siblings. Uh, My dad was into racing and that's kind of where um, all of this stemmed from. Uh, My dad passed away in 2003. So it's just me and my mom two dogs and four horses right now. Okay. So why don't you tell me what, how old were you when you got interested in motorsports? What kind of motorsports? Just let's, let's hear your story. So my story starts way before me. My parents started going to Knoxville, Iowa in the late seventies. My dad fell in love with it, made a lot of friends And so they became Knoxville regulars. They started camping there every weekend. Um, And I came along in 1986 and I was at the racetrack for the Knoxville weekend races when I was two weeks old. My mom would bring a pillow into the grandstands and I would sleep on her pillow. And that was all I knew my whole life uh, was we went to the races on on the weekends. Everything revolved around going to Knoxville. Um, Before I was born, my parents traveled to like Eldora and a few other places, but for the first 17 years of my life, um, all I did was Knoxville. Knoxville on the weekends, Knoxville during the nationals, Knoxville, everything. So I grew up around sprint car racing. Um, My dad had a lot of friends that raced at Knoxville and were officials at Knoxville. Like we camped next Clark for most of my life. So I've grown up around one of the best flagmen in the industry, grown up around push truck drivers. Um, someone that I consider family was rookie of the year at Knoxville. His name's Tim Deaver. Um, he was also one of the only Knoxville regulars back in the day to have ever won a feature at the Knoxville Nationals. So I just started out um, from birth knowing nothing other than sprint cars. Um, obviously, in 2003, when my dad died, I continued to be a part of racing, um, but I started to branch out and kind of explore things and get to go to a few different tracks locally and see more things and be a part of like the modifieds and late model stuff. Uh, but my heart has always been at Knoxville and always will be at Knoxville. That's where my home is. Uh, when I was a kid, I always told people that I felt like I was an Iowa resident, not an Illinois resident. Uh, I feel more at home in Knoxville, Iowa than I do anywhere else in the world. Uh, so I was in the Queens contest when I was um, in high school for two years. Uh, I actually helped my friend in 2018 become the Knoxville Nationals Queen in the Queens contest. Uh, this year I will actually be a 2021 Knoxville Nationals Queen judge. 
Um, I was actually the flower girl in Christy Woodruff's wedding, and she is actually the person that is in charge of the Queen's Contest now. She's married to Jeff Woodruff, Kenny Woodruff's son. So I've had a very unique um, upbringing in racing and have experienced a lot of um, different aspects that not a lot of quote unquote race fans would get to get to experience long before I ever started writing. Yeah, because, you know, the every weekend thing, like you said, that was just what you did. And there was never a question, was there? What are we doing this weekend? No, when I actually, when I turned 16, I went out and got a job. You know, that's what you do, right? And my dad actually got upset with me because I had a job that required me to work weekends. And he was like, now what are we going to do? How are we going to go to the races? And like, I was heavily involved in school activities. I was um, in marching band. I was in drama. I was in all these different clubs. And his question was never, how are you going to do all of this and maintain your grades? It was always, how are you going to do all of this? And we're going to go racing. Like that was his biggest concern. And uh, I mean, we figured out a way we didn't go, you know, every weekend as often, but uh, we definitely made it work. Um, but it was always his question was, how are we going to manage this and go to Knoxville? Yeah. Priorities, right? Priorities. Yeah. Priorities. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, I mean, I loved it. I didn't know anything outside of that and I wouldn't change it going back. I would still manage to find that balance. It's always been my struggle. Now rodeos and barrel racing happen on the weekends how do you go racing? You know, um, the others, the benefit of live streaming. And now I can go try to balance both things. But, uh, for the most part, it's always, do I want to go to the racetrack this weekend? Or do I want to go to a barrel race? And, um, I'm not going to lie. Most of the time sprint car racing wins out. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So what, what are you doing right now? As far as personally involved in racing, what do you just go and watch? Are you driving a car? Tell my, so, tell my listeners what you're up to right now. Um, my day job is actually a staff writer for Dirt Empire magazine. Um, originally, back in 2019, I decided that I was going to try to pursue a dream that had been put on the back burner. When I was 17 years old, I, may, I had wrote an article, essay on my life in sprint car racing and happened to share it on Hoseheads. When I shared it on the Hoseheads message board, a small Pennsylvania newspaper reached out to me and they wanted to publish it. Um, Little did they know that was kind of my dream. That was what I wanted to do. Uh, You know, I grew up reading Open Wheel Magazine and and the Knoxville Nationals program, and I always wanted to write stuff. I wanted to be that person that got to instill some emotion into a metal object that not a lot of people understood how you could be so emotionally passionate about it. So when they gave me the opportunity, I jumped on it. And since I was in a stage of my life where I was trying to decide what I wanted to do for college, um, I decided that's what I wanted to pursue. So originally, I actually had a scholarship to Augustana College for English. And just with the passing of my dad and some other life things, I just really wasn't happy with what I had chosen. And that's why I transferred to pursue my equine degree. My second love was horses. Uh, So that got put on the back burner for 17 years. I published, I got published at 17. Um, and you know, life got in the way traveling, writing for horse trainers, just life got in the way. Uh, so in 2019, my best friend, his name is Billy Brickley. He actually was, um, a lightning sprint star here in Illinois, uh, kept pushing me. I had done some sponsorship decks for him and he was like, you need to go back to writing. You need to do this. And I was like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to do. I don't have a journalism degree. I don't have anything. Like, how do I do this? 
And I happened to post on hose heads, faithful hose heads. And the message board um, happened that Justin Zock from Dirt Monthly Magazine and originally Flat Out Magazine saw my post. And he said, send me an email. Let's talk about this. I was like, okay, all right, you know. So I sent him an email and he said, pitch me an idea. Let's see what you can do. And so I pitched him an idea on 34 Raceway and the 19 rainouts that we had had that year and how that affects a racetrack, especially one that's not backed by a fair board. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to be grateful. This is probably a one-off thing. I'm going to be grateful that I get one opportunity to do what I wanted. And after I sent him that email with the article in it, he said, okay, so pitch me another idea. And he had a spot for um, what they called like the, the like crew members and like that side of the racing where they would feature a different crew person. So I pitched Jeff Woodruff. I pitched Woody from Knoxville, Iowa. I knew I could get an interview with Woody and I knew Woody really well. So I decided that's what I was going to write. So I wrote an article about Woody and those, both of those articles came out in December of 2019. And immediately Justin said, all right, so like, give me a pitch list, give me some more ideas. Let's keep the ball rolling. Um, and about the same time, Alan Holland had sent me an email offering um, me a place to write a column on Hoseheads. And so I also took up that opportunity because I figured at most, the more my words got out there, uh, the better off I was to continue to grow what I was doing. Um, so I sent Justin a pitch list and I sent Alan the name of my column, which is um, from, slide job, from Spurs to Slide Jobs. It's on the Hoseheads homepage. It's still there. I publish bi-monthly. I try to at least once a month, depending on how busy I am. Uh, Justin and I, I continued to write for Justin all through 2020. I took a couple of months off. My mom's 80 years old, had some health issues. So I took care of her for a while. Uh, starting in May of 2020, you could see my articles on Dirt Monthly, at least three or four of them a month in the magazine. Um, in September of 2020, because of COVID and some other things, Dirt Monthly closed their doors. Um, lucky for me, uh, by that point in time, I had reached out to Outside Groove and J.A. Ackley, and J.A. had taken me on too to write for them as a freelance writer, and I was working on a piece about women in motorsports and women drivers and what the adversities are that they face, and in that meantime of me writing for Outside Groove and wondering what was going to happen for Dirt Monthly, uh, Justin Zock and Adam Cornell from Dirt Monthly, Adam was the layout guy in advertising, and Justin was obviously the editor came together and decided to create a magazine called Dirt Empire Magazine. And they sent me, both of them sent me an email and said, we would love for you to continue to help us. We've loved working with you and we think we would like you to keep on. So I said, of course, yes, Justin had been basically my mentor through all of this and guiding me, giving me confidence, telling me, you know, you should branch out, you should try to write for this or do this. And so I definitely wanted to stay on board. At this point in time, I'm writing for Dirt Monthly on a regular consistent basis. I was in the preview issue in January. I had the cover with Kevin Rumley in April. Um, and I have at least three to four articles a month and I also help them, help them do their sales. When time allows, I have published and continue to publish through Outside Groove and Hoseheads. Um, I've had other opportunities with places like Race Pro Weekly um, and Open Wheel 101 with Bill Wright at the Hall of Fame. We'll republish some of my stuff when I have time. Um, I'm just to the point now that uh, Dirt Empire takes up a lot of my time and I'm completely grateful for it. Um, Justin Zock and Adam Cornell are absolutely incredible to work with and they have guided me in every direction that I've needed and given me advice because again, I have zero training whatsoever. Um, this has just been a passion of mine to pursue. And 
they've been great about it. And JA has been great to work with. JA guides me in the aspect of this is how I think you should revise this, but I want you to do the revisions instead of just sending it off to somebody and them changing whatever they want. I also, um, July of 2020, Justin had sat down with me and asked me what some of my like long-term bucket list goals were with my writing. Told him my biggest goal was that I wanted to be in the Knoxville Nationals program. That's where it started for me. That's where I wanted to end up. Uh, Justin got me in touch with Eric Arnold this year. Uh, I figured I would not have a chance at all ever to be in the, in the program, at least this year, since last year would have been a rollover since they didn't have it. Uh, Eric happened to find me a space for 800 words, uh, and I pitched um, a piece on Jack Cottonshield. And so in August of 2021, I will also be in the Knoxville Nationals program with a piece on Jack Cottonshield and leaving the Knoxville Nationals as unfinished business in his retirement. So to say that it has been a roller coaster of a year, while everybody's been complaining that, pandem that the pandemic was uh, slow and boring for them, my life has been crazy. Uh, it's been wild. I have put everything else in my life on hold. I have not entered a barrel race since 2019. I ride my horses and that's about it. Uh, I haven't done anything but live, breathed, and eat this goal and this dream to try to put it together to be something. I've just gotten very lucky that I've had people that have believed in me and allowed me to do that. That's an amazing story. So I owned a weekly newspaper back in the day <laughs> um, for about 10 years before I moved to Michigan. And um, I know what you're talking about when you say that it's just a passion and that you have that, you know, you just like to do it. And a lot of people look at us and say, you're crazy, you know, because I write every story in the magazine, which now I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to start calling on you to write some of those <laughs> stories. <laughs> um, but I write all pretty much. I mean, I had a lady who was helping a little bit and unfortunately she got sick and passed away, but um, you know, you have to enjoy it. Otherwise, it's a task. Yep. And for people who don't enjoy writing, then they don't understand the pleasure that you get out of telling somebody's story and being able to share it with hundreds and hundreds of people. I do not take it lightly that by somebody telling me their story, I get to be a part of their dream. I get to hear their emotions and I have to express their emotions. And I can affect your dream. If I don't share your story the right way, or I don't share everything properly, I can affect your dream. And I don't take that lightly. I can, I can make things happen for you. I can give you that 15 minutes that you needed for a sponsor to see you or somebody else to believe in you or for the grassroots guy to finally get seen and get a major opportunity. And I don't take that lightly. To me, that is the greatest part of this experience, it's not that I get to have my name in a byline or that people get to know that I wrote stuff. It's that I get to hear those guys on the phone or in person tell me and show me the excitement of their stories. I've gotten to write some incredible stuff. I got to write a story on Nick Guernsey from Burlington, Iowa from 34 Raceway, who literally decided to go off to war and fight for the military so that he could fund his sprint car dream and got a purple heart and came home and now uses his racing platform to help hope for the warriors and help veterans when they come back stateside with their struggles. If no one heard that story, they'd be missing out on an immensely incredible man. And I've gotten to make friends with people like him. I've gotten to do a story on James Brody out of Minnesota, who has become a great friend of mine, but also you will not meet a driver that has more passion 
and he races with his little brother and his dad and they have their own motor shop and they do everything on their own. You know, it's incredible to be able to meet people with the same level of passion. It almost gives you more motivation to want to keep going yourself. I couldn't ask for better hype people than people in our industry. Dirt track people are incredible in their stories. Even took me forever, lots of harping from Justin Zock to realize that even my story is unique. I didn't just grow up somebody sitting in the grandstands. Um, you know, I got to, I got to wake up every morning and eat breakfast with Doug Clark at Mr. C's on Sundays, or I got to eat breakfast with Keith Hutton and Jenny Hutton, who were great friends of my dad. And it was a tragedy to lose Keith Hutton, but his wife went on to be a safety inspector for IndyCar and to create the first Nomex sports bra for women. I got to write about her. I've gotten to write about people that were my heroes growing up that I didn't even realize were my heroes and how they were affecting the industry. Because to me, it was just going to eat dinner with Woody and I was in Woody's wedding. And now it's like, you tell people that. And for the first time in my life, because I've not always been surrounded by sprint car people, people are like, you know, Jeff Woodruff, you know who Woody is. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I'll always have, you know, so it's, I don't take it lightly that I get to share people's stories. And I, I've gotten blessed that I've gotten to share some incredible stories. I've got to interview Flea Ruzik and, um, most of my sprint car friends were so excited because Flea's just an incredible person and a legend in our sport. And he's in my corner. I did a good job with the interview. I did so much research and I asked questions that people don't normally ask that are overlooked. And he's in my corner and he helps me and he tells me he's proud of me. And for somebody who lost their dad mm-hmm. in 03, that's pretty incredible. You, need, that makes you needed problem. that, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, I'm very thankful that my dad pursued sprint car racing as hard as he did and tried to figure out how we were going to do this with his daughter having a job at 16, because uh, I, a lot of people don't realize my family, I have just my mom. Uh, I'm estranged from my family. And for whatever reason, they've all chosen to do their own thing and they don't want anything to do with me. So I have just my mom racing people going to the racetrack. My racing family has always been my family. So mm-hmm. it's great that I finally get to share what that feels for me. Yeah, I can hear it in your voice, how important it is to you. And you know what? The racing family, you know, blood family is one thing, but the family that chooses you to be yeah. family is, yep. is much stronger bond than yep. the blood family. And so, Ashley, you are blessed to have your mom and to have all those people who you've not only told their stories, but they would probably do anything for you because they're part of your family. And so you just keep reminding yourself how blessed you are to have those people because you really are. And, you know, you're talking about um, telling the story. So I had somebody ask me one time, well, who, who's, what famous people have you written about? And I said, well, I, you know, I did a story about Samantha Bush and the fertility, but I said, most of my stories are about people you've never heard of. Yep. You know, the people that are famous get the the press, right? Yep. Not that I don't want to interview them or not that I wouldn't, you know, I definitely would. But there are so many, there's hundreds and thousands of women who have wonderful stories just like yours that deserve to have their story told. And, you know, people who've gone through adversity and stuck with, racing because that's the one thing that they could you know fall back on that meant the most to them I mean the stories are just unbelievable and 
I love that you're telling those same kinds of stories. Well, I'll take it even one step further. Um, Dirt Empire Magazine actually has a segment called Auxiliary Power, and it is for the women behind the scenes. We primarily focus solely on the women behind the scenes. So not only have I written articles about the adversities that women face in racing and women like Jenny Hutton, but every month, every issue, we focus on another woman in dirt track racing. So in January, in our preview issue, I interviewed Zan Hoddenshield and talked about how, what her role is with the 17 team and what she does behind the scenes and how she helps Sheldon from day to day and helps the team. Um, in March, I interviewed um, Lauren Stewart, who was Brian Clausen's fiance, and we talked about her life as a promoter and the Shamrock Classic and the future of the Shamrock Classic and things that she's dealt with and experienced. And um, this month, I did a racetrack spotlight with Jesse Minat of 34 Raceway, and we talked Jessie. about what life is owning a racetrack and her role as a woman and a promoter. And next month, we'll have somebody else in an auxiliary power situation or a racetrack situation that is a woman. That is one of our primary focuses is not just stories below the headlines, um, but also the women behind the scenes that get to impact racing in ways that people don't realize. Um, and it's exciting for me because when I was growing up, I was in an era where there weren't very many women race car drivers. And, you know, it was a huge deal when Natalie, Natalie Slather got in a car or when Aaron Crocker won the World of Outlaws race and became a legend in her own right. So it was the big deal for me to be able to write about women because I grew up and is that just being taboo? Um, and so it's exciting. And it's exciting for me because, you know, I look at other magazines and I see how many women are in the bylines and I see how many times a woman gets published in each magazine. So it's very exciting for me that I opened Dirt Empire and I see multiple articles of mine because it's not just that I'm doing something for myself, but I also know that I'm doing something for all of us right. as women. Yeah, I and, and so before I forget now, this ran across my mind, I want to know, so how can we find those magazines that you're writing in? Are they digital? Do, are they print magazines? And where would we go to find them? So you can find Outside Groove at www.outsidegroove.com. You can actually sign up for their digital newsletter. So each week you'll actually get a newsletter emailed straight to your account telling you what the new headlines are, but they publish almost on an everyday basis and they're digital only. Um, and they have like a subscription box and t-shirts and what people should know is when you purchase something from outside group, whether it's a subscription box or a t-shirt, you are funding the freelance writers that write for that page and for the photographers. That is how they continue to create content and to be able to pay us. So you always want to support them in whatever way you can. Mm -hmm. uh, Dirt Empire Magazine is actually print and digital. So you can go to www.dirtempiremagazine.com and you can purchase a subscription and you will get a um, magazine mailed to you, but you will also have digital content accessibility. Uh, they are monthly during the race season and bi-monthly in the off season. And then you can also find me if you go to www.hoseheads.com and scroll down to the front of the page where it says columns, there is a column titled from slide jobs or from spurs to slide jobs. And it's got my name on it. And it'll tell you every new date that something's published and you can, it's more editorial, more in your feelings, um, more of like my stories. And of course you can always find me anywhere on social media. Um, I'm on Twitter at snappyb 55 and I'm on Facebook. If you ever want to tell me what you think of an article or you have an issue and you need help getting a magazine or you have a sales question or you want to do
I'm also on the host heads message board, just title something calling me out and I'm quick to reply. And I like to, I like engagement. I like hearing people's opinions and it helps make us be able to create a magazine that's more user happy and more reader happy. So I like doing that. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. So I'll put those, those links in the show notes too, so that people can reach out and, and find you. So Ashley, how do you feel that you're impacting women in motorsports? That's kind of what we're talking about today. Um, through your writing, how do you hope to impact women or maybe even encourage women to become involved in motorsports? Um, I think, first of all, I'm a workaholic. So by me being able to put out a ton of articles and by constantly putting my name out there, I think it shows that there is another avenue. You don't have to be a race car driver's girlfriend. You don't have to sell merch. You don't have to be a promoter. You have somewhere you can start very much at the very basic level. If you can write something and you can bestow emotion into this sport and you you know about it you can write you can interview people um and you can be a freelance writer there are a lot of places that will give you an opportunity uh they might not pay you but they'll give you an opportunity and all you need is somebody to let you put your foot in the door um and i will say the racing industry is great about that i had a lot of people reach out to me after i posted on host heads so i think by seeing a woman's name constantly especially a young woman mm -hmm. uh, it shows that you can you can start somewhere and you can get into the sport and that there is availability for you. By seeing my name frequently, it shows that there's a lot of opportunities out there. I also think that by um, always constantly writing about women and making that a part of my focus, it shows that there are more women in this sport that are valuable and hold a substantial place at the table and gives you an opportunity to dream big. Um, you can look at people like Jesse Minat and Kendra Jacobs, and you can read about them and you can you can see where they started and you can see where they ended up and how they got there. And it can inspire you to reach big and dream big and have some bigger goals. And I think that's extremely helpful. Not a lot of magazines focus on the women aspect. And if they do, it's not consistent over and over again. And this is a pri priority number one for us is to fill the auxiliary power con concept every month. We want people to know that women are out there. And I think by just sharing my story, it shows that you can be a fan and you can get somewhere. You don't have to be born into a racing family. I was born into a family that loved racing. My dad would have never raced, but I was born into a family that was passionate about everything they were involved in. And I go to the races and I, my best friend's brother races a 305 at, um, at 34 Raceway. His name's Kurt Mueller. We go to the races and I'm not joking. There's two girls that push his car out to get pushed off to staging. We're those two girls. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of, things that I've helped with, um, you know, I've gone and been in the pits and helped, whether it's be a tool puppy or just hang out and enjoy the moment. You can be a race fan and you can be a girl and you can end up somewhere in this sport, but you don't know that until people share their story. And I think by constantly being open about it and expressing it, you can learn that I can do that too. Like my story is similar to this, or I could try that. Same thing with the Queens contest. I love being involved in the Queens contest. I love Christy Woodruff. And I love what the Queen's Contest stands for. It gives you an opportunity to put your foot in the door. You can do great things by being a part of the Queen's Contest. Kendra Jacobs was an Oxford Nationals queen. And look where she is now. Mm -hmm. And I love being a part of the Queen's Contest and getting to see these women that are passionate about racing and getting to give someone an opportunity to do something with it. Um, so it's fun for me. I've always either been backstage helping Christy or uh, pushing my best friend for a year to be a part of it and nagging her. 
Um, and now this year I'll get to ask questions and, and get to help pick the next queen. And I'm excited for it because it is an opportunity that people overlook. Uh, if you think that the Queen's Contest is judged primarily on looks, you are absolutely crazy because we ask a lot of hard questions and God help those girls this year because I've got the hardest of questions. I always do. So uh, it'll be exciting and fun. And I like being a part of those things, even though I'm not a super girly girl, because I like seeing women do well in racing. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's interesting. Um, we kind of both have the same, same thought process as far as women in, involved in racing, because so many times I interview gals who are or young girls who are racing. And when you ask them what their goals are, you know, they want to be the next sprint, you know, sprint car champion or the next you know, cup champion or whatever. And you and I both know, and they, and they do too, that that's a really hard road to get down and become that champion. The, the people that do that are in the minority. And yeah. that there's so many other opportunities to be involved in racing, even if you're not the driver. And so I, I love being able to share with girls, you know, other opportunities, like maybe you could be a sports writer, maybe you could be a photographer, maybe you love travel. So you could be the travel person for a race team. Yep. You know, you well, like, and especially with, like marketing, whatever it could be. Yeah. With social media, there are so many opportunities out here now to run social media or graphic design sponsorship decks. I do sponsorship decks in the off season. It's, it's writing. I get to still write, you know, there's so many opportunities. Um, that you can do as a woman that you don't have to be a race car driver. I mean, I encourage anyone who wants to race a sprint car or a late model or whatever, if you're a woman and you can do it and you can find the means and the, the ability to do it, then go do that. Like, I'm not saying that you can't be a race car driver, but there are so many opportunities. I remember when my dad died that I literally, I sat down and I was like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to be a part of racing now? I thought I couldn't be a part of racing without my dad. And I thought that nobody would know who I was or nobody would remember that I was Joe Zimmerman's daughter or, you know, crazy things like that. And then I realized my next season there, like, nope, that's not it at all. You know, people did remember who I was and now I get to pursue my passion and make a name for myself and make connections. And so you can do just about anything in racing, as long as you put your mind to it. I mean, and not to say that it was easy for me, but I made a post on hose heads. It's, it's not hard. People will give you, people will give you an opportunity. You just have to make something of that opportunity. I mean, it worked hard to make sure that one article was as absolutely perfect as possible. So that way people knew that I cared about this opportunity and that I was making something out of it. And then I, as the opportunities began to roll in, I set everything else aside to pursue this goal. You know, I, I used to enter barrel races two times a month and I'd ride six days a week. And that's a lot of work that people don't realize goes into maintaining those horses and doing those things because I don't like to do things half-assed at all. And so I put all of that aside and so I'm going to make something out of this and see what I can do. If I can't make anything out of it, then I know I tried my best and eventually I'll figure out balance on the backside of everything else. And, you know, it took my best friend two years of harping on me uh, and telling me I needed to do this before I finally listened. So if me speaking up and saying, I listened, it took two years, but I listened. And now Billy just tells me, stop asking me if stuff is good, just submit it. You're doing a great job. Then I want someone else to hear that so that they don't take two years and they can find their place and they can chase their goals. There were 17 years between me getting published. I didn't have to have 17 years. I just didn't know the opportunities were there. And so I want people to know girls, guys, anyone that has, that wants to be involved in racing, but can't race that 
there's a ton of options out there. You just have to get out there and bust your butt to make everybody know you care about it. Um, a lot of people want to go into it and not put the energy into it. And then you're not going to make it anywhere. You have to put the energy into it and people will pay attention and they will listen to you and they will help you. That's been the best part about Justin Zock and Adam Cornell and, and JA is that they knew I didn't come with any training and they've helped me. Um, they've given me the advice and the, and the things that I've needed to be able to improve myself. Um, Adam has suggested different graphic design courses that I can take at home. And I even took a marketing, a motorsports marketing class from Jackie Rumley this winter um, that was online based. And while I knew a lot of it because I took ag business classes, I didn't know all of it. And it was greatly helpful. It only cost me $288. So um, there are a lot of opportunities out there. If you go looking for them, that you can start to build yourself a platform and get somewhere and um, and then the best part is that it's not the writing part or the pictures that you take, but it's all the people you get to meet and all the stories you get to have. Uh, I remember when I first started coming to the racetrack in my twenties and I was single and I'd tell everybody I was going to the Knoxville nationals by myself, just me and the dog would go. And my friends would be like, I can't believe you're going there by yourself. Like, I can't believe you're doing this by yourself. And I'm like, why? And they're like, you're all alone. And I said, oh no, you're crazy. If you think I'm all alone. I said, I know so many people when I get there that I'm not even bored. And if I am bored, I make friends of everybody that's parked around me and camped around me. Um, Rick Van Donsler, I camped there. My parents have known him since the seventies. Um, always jokes with everybody that uh, if they need anything, they can always talk to me that I'm friendly and everything when I come to park. And that's true. And I always end up making friends with everyone I'm camped around and I'm never bored and I'm never lonely. And I don't think that's unique to my story because I'm going back to what I consider home. I think it's something that people overlook about dirt track racing. You can go somewhere by yourself and you will have friends by the end of the week. There are 20,000 race fans in one spot. You're gonna make a friend uh, and you're going to make them for life and they're going to remember you the next year. Uh, last year at the one and only, I was kind of bummed out. You know, I still sit in the same national seats that my parents bought in 1978. I have known the people I've sat around since I was a kid. Um, and I was kind of bummed a, because I wasn't going to get to tell those guys that I got published, uh, and B because I wasn't going to get to sit with them or see them. And I thought that I wouldn't get to see them all week. And lo and behold, I had those guys stopped me on the midway when I was walking my dog to say, Hey, and to talk and talk about how bummed they were that it was general admission and we weren't going to get to sit by each other. So it's, you can, you can do anything in racing. If you want to, you just have to put the effort forth, whether it's, you want to go to a race and you're all by yourself or you want to write, or you want to be a photographer. There are so many outlets, social media marketing, sponsorship decks. If you're creative with graphic design and you can write even a little bit, you can do sponsorship decks all winter long and be excellent at it because it's really just about being eye-catching and creative and knowing marketing, not necessarily knowing motorsports, you know, in particular. So there are so many options and I just want people to know that you can pursue those options, even if you're just somebody who buys a ticket and sits in a stands. You don't have to be born into this by any way, by any means. I thought I did, and I was proven wrong. I proved myself wrong, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So you know, you you've reached um, one of your goals was to be in the Knoxville program. So what other goals do you have for your writing career? Um. You know, uh, I don't I haven't revisited them yet. It, I think it's I just submitted my program uh, piece 
at the beginning of this month. So it's kind of still um, surreal for me that this has actually happened, especially because uh, my friends will tell you that I am a Jack Hoddenshield um, fan club member since I was like three years old. Um, I love Jack Hoddenshield. So I really knocked two things off my bucket list. Then I got to interview Jack Hoddenshield and I also got to be in the nationals program. Um, and things have just this is snowballed so quickly. Um, this is my full-time job now, besides taking care of the farm and my mom. And um, that wasn't something I thought was gonna come within you know, a year and a half. Uh, and I write for multiple places. Again, something I didn't think was gonna come in a year and a half. And so I haven't really revisited my goals yet. Um, I, I want to balance back in being able to go to barrel races and go to sprint car stuff. Um, that's a slow process. Uh, just because two years off means I'm kind of starting over. <laughs> um, and I'm okay with that too, but I really don't know what I want to do. Um, I want to do some more, more sponsorship decks. I really have fun doing that in the off season. I've only done a couple every year, but I'd love to do more. Um, I'd love to do more social media engagement and really talking to fans and getting to engage with them. And I want to grow on the advertising side. Um, I just picked that up this spring. And while I have a lot of advertising experience, um, being a sponsored barrel racer and pursuing stuff that way, I don't have a ton of connections yet in the racing world. So I'd love to grow on the advertising side of things as well. But um, right now I'm just trying to, for the, I'm not good at embracing and, and enjoying the moment and living in the moment. I like to just keep stacking new moments on top of each other. So right now I'm really trying to enjoy the moment. Uh, I've done some big things this spring. I got my first cover. Um, I got to uh, interview Kevin Rumley, which allowed me to go to Tri-City Speedway at the end of May and hang out with Kevin Rumley and Jackie Rumley and Kyle Larson. Um, so I've experienced a lot this spring. I got to write the Knoxville Nationals program. Uh, so I'm just trying to enjoy things right now. Uh, that's my main thing. Enjoy what I've gotten to accomplish um, and just take a minute to, to build on that. Um, that's the most, that's the main thing, so. And, and that's good because you don't wanna look back and be like, oh, I wish I had done this or that. Right. And I kind of let it slip through my fingers. And yeah. so- when. Uh, appreciate the opportunities you've had and enjoy the success that you're having. Yeah. When Jackie sent me the text message to say that they were coming to Tri-City and she's like, I don't know how far that is from you, but you know, if you'd like to come, we'd love for you to, we'd love for you to come down. And I Googled it. I was at dinner. I was at my birthday dinner with a friend and I Googled it and I was like, man, it's four hours. I'm like, screw it. It's, it was Friday when she invited me and it was, the race was on Tuesday and I was like, I'm going. And I looked at my best friend and I said, Hey Jace, you want to go you want to go to Tri-City? And he was like, do I have to take off work early? And I said, yeah. And he's not even a race fan, but he knew how big of a deal it was for me. And so we went, I drove four hours down and four hours back in one night. And it was an experience that you don't get to turn down. Um, it was so much fun to see how Kevin Rumley operates after interviewing him and see how methodical he is. And to watch Kyle Larson race a late model in person is something you're, everybody should go watch and see, even if you're a sprint car fan, because I've watched Kyle since he was 17 at Knoxville. And let me tell you, Kyle Larson in a late model is so much more impressive and so much cooler. And I'm not a late model person, but it was pretty dang cool. Uh, so I just, I'm trying to enjoy those moments. Uh, you know, that's the biggest thing. When I told my friends that that's what I was going to do, my Billy, my biggest supporter, he was like, please tell me you didn't say no because of the drive. And I was like, are you stupid? No, I went. Uh, that's been 
so that's my biggest thing right now is just enjoying the opportunities that are coming from interviewing people and getting to enjoy those experiences. It's really fun for me to go to the racetrack and put um, faces to names and like get to talk to people after interviewing them and hearing their stories. Um, so that's kind of, I'm trying to live in the moment and enjoy what I've gotten to do so far and where it's gotten me uh, because it did happen so quickly. So that kind of prevented me from really taking in everything I was doing because it always seemed like every time I opened my email um I was growing one level faster than what I was anticipating doing so um so it's just right now it's trying to enjoy the moment and enjoy what I've got so I like what you said about meeting people that you've interviewed because I feel like after I've done a, a podcast interview or a, a magazine interview then I feel like I really know the person because sometimes they share things with you as the interviewer that you wouldn't necessarily know about them in another setting right and it's interesting that then then when i see you ashley and i meet you for the first time it's like we're long lost friends because we've shared you know our time together and you do just feel like you really have gotten to be friends with those people and i yeah. love that part of it i had never met nick guernsey until i wrote um his article after his article came out i went to the racetrack and i met him um, and then I did a sponsorship deck over winter. And um, the first time I walked into their pit this year, I, I did. I felt like I was going to hang out with my best friends. You know, we've talked enough and Nick is big on joking and big on giving you a lot of crap and sarcasm. And now when you go to 34, we were just there for the Sprint Invader show and we were walking down the pit road back to Jamie's brother's pit and we had snacks for everybody, chicken strips, everything else. And I, I joked and I said, Nick's not racing tonight because it's the 360 show. I said, but he's here helping somebody. We better watch out because he's going to jump out of nowhere and try to get us. And that's exactly what he did. We were like two cars down later and he was like, hey, did you guys bring me food and just came out of nowhere? Um, and so, yeah, you get to be you get to be friends with people and know things that you wouldn't necessarily get to ask questions of them if you're in the pits. I think that's my favorite thing is like getting to ask questions that race fans, you think about once you go home or once the opportunity's over and you're not just standing there in their pit box. Um, and that's the fun part for me is getting to be like, well, you know, I, I bet somebody would want to know this. And we actually do a segment at Dirt Empire called um, Dirt Empire Asks. And you can hashtag DE Asks on Facebook and like us on Facebook and submit questions. And we literally just ask fan questions that they would have wanted to ask somebody if they were at the racetrack because you never think of them when you're standing there in the pits <laughs> or if there's a line of 20 people behind you, you're not going to ask those questions, but they're the questions that like harp on you and make you be like that I wish I would have asked it so it's fun to ask those questions too because it's stuff that I don't think about necessarily all the time like I just asked Robert Ballou like what the coolest trophy was that he'd ever gotten I would never think to ask that because my brain thinks so much further past like things like that um and it was a Henry rifle and it just blew my mind because it's not something I normally would ask but it's also a, a question that actually fascinates me with the answer because I mean trophies and racing are kind of they're always so diverse and so different so it's fun to ask questions like that too and get to do things that fans would want you to ask and experience things and so you really get to know somebody I feel like I could walk up to anybody that I've interviewed and be like hey I'm the person that interviewed you you know two weeks ago or whatever and be welcomed and feel welcomed and not feel like I was intruding by walking up to say anything. I also think that's unique of dirt track racing though. I don't know that you get that everywhere you go. No. And you know, I think racing in general, you probably get that feeling, but you don't get it in any other sport. So, no. you know, I find that, you know, I've interviewed 
every kind of racing there is and it's 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 all the same and when you meet those women in person or men you you interview a lot of men too they just like i said you feel like you know them they give you a hug and they're like oh it's so nice to meet you in person and yeah it's it's just so fun we're a very supportive group um and that's while i knew that's how racing was i didn't know it was this much i didn't know it was this this supportive. I knew people in racing were always supportive of each other and you're one big family, but I didn't know it was this integrated and this deep. And, and I like it. I mean, I come from a place where I don't have family. So it's nice to have people that, you know, are very relatable to what's going on in your life. Um, the beginning of May, my good rodeo horse had a baby um, and the foal actually went through a ton of complications and was in the ICU at the University of Illinois um, vet hospital. And things were very touch and go for seven days. And I um, was updating people on Facebook because a lot of my close family friends live in Oklahoma and in Texas and California and just all over the place. And so it's easier that way to update on Facebook than send 12 million text messages. And, you know, photographers from racetracks, um, Dennis from 34 Raceway, he messaged me the other day on or commented on something the other day and said, so how's the baby? And people, you know, it's, it's great because my horse people don't necessarily, people I've met in the horse industry don't necessarily ask me how the racing stuff's going, but my racing family constantly will ask, um, you know, how other stuff is going. How's your mom? How's the, how's the farm? How's your dog? You know, and that's always something that impresses me is how much we remember about each other and take yeah. interest in each other and it's it's nice um it's a lot different than the horse side of things it, yeah it it really is and it's i actually i hear it over and over and over when i interview people and i hear i hear the same thing about how it's the people it's the people in the sport that really when I, everything's said and done all the stories are written all the stories are told what do you have left? And you have those relationships and those friendships. And that's really what matters more than anything. There's so much. This is my biggest passion and my biggest motivator is there is so much you can learn about racing by looking at the person sitting next to you and starting a conversation and making a friend. It doesn't matter if it's an old man that's 75 years old or if it's me. I always shock people because when you talk to me at the racetrack, I've been to 30 for Knoxville Nationals. I've been there since 1986. I have heard the stories of the poker games and the water truck being stolen and parked on the courthouse lawn and the things that people, you will not learn unless you turn to the person sitting next to you and you ask them how they're doing and you have a conversation. My biggest passion is those stories will die when those people stop coming to the racetrack and that will be a part of our history in racing that will be gone. And that's how we started. We The reason there's the world of outlaws is because they were outlaws, they were wild, they did crazy things. Right. Um, and so if you don't ask people those questions and you don't have a conversation and make a friend at the racetrack, you'll never know. Some of the greatest things I've heard at the racetrack is simply because I've I've talked to the person sitting next to me that, that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how you get to know people and you get to find things out. Uh, and I encourage everybody. That's my biggest thing. If you read my host heads column, I preach it over and over again yeah. is stop and talk to the person sitting next to you or somebody at the racetrack and ask how they ended up here. Because I guarantee you how they ended up to you is one of the best stories you'll ever hear. They have some of the greatest things. I mean, 
I never even knew my dad was a part of the poker games at the Knoxville Raceway after the races with all those people until I was in the Queens contest and I had to introduce myself to somebody at a dinner and they said, you're a Zimmerman? Are you Joe Zimmerman's daughter from Illinois? You ought to go back and ask your mom about the poker games. And that's how I found out about all of that stuff. If I had not asked somebody, mm -hmm. nobody would have told me. And so that's kind of what encourages me to ask a lot of weird questions when I interview people or hard questions, because if you don't ask them, the stories won't be out there because it's not stuff that we, we talk about anymore. You know, it's very taboo now to talk about things like somebody used to steal the water truck at Knoxville Raceway and park it on the courthouse lawn. Um, so if you don't ask but those, those questions, are the best make... stories. I know those they're the, best the stories. Those are the greatest like things to hear. Um, so if you don't ask them, you'll never hear them. And right. then you're missing out on a whole part of our history and nostalgia and in, in racing that is the uh, what I think is the greatest part of racing. Yeah, it's great to watch Kyle Larson whoop everybody's butt for an entire summer. And those stories are awesome too. But when I hear people talk about things that happened back in the 80s and the crazy stuff they used to do, that's what gets me excited because they did way cooler stuff away from the racetrack as friends and family than mm -hmm. we do now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, actually, this has really been a joy to, to talk with you and and hear your story and learn about your writing i'm just i'm so glad we were able to connect and that i could share that with people today and hopefully you know maybe somebody that's listening will reach out to you and say hey i i want you to do a my sponsorship deck i want you to write a story about such and such because it's obviously your passion and and i know you put 110 in everything you do so i'm hoping that that you you get some feedback at least from from telling your story here. So um, any last words that you would like to share? Um, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, it's, it's a very different situation to be the one being asked questions. Um, uh, if anyone ever, you know, if you see me on a racetrack, I'm very easy to spot. I have wild and crazy hair all of the time. Right now it's uh, teal and purple. So if you see me at a racetrack, um, don't hesitate to say hello. I love talking to people and making new friends. Um, if you read something you really like or anything of that sort, drop me a message, send me an email, follow me on Twitter, whatever. Um, I love talking to people and getting to know people, even if you're not, even if you're just a sprint car fan. Um, it's my passion to get to hear everybody's story. So don't hesitate to reach out or, or stop and say, hey, uh, we're a very welcoming group. So. All right. Well, that sounds good. And hopefully I'll see you at a track sometime this summer. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMA Nation at gmail.com.